0: Welcome to episode 285 of the Running Rogue podcast. This is your host, Chris McClung, coming to you from Austin, Texas. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about the common mistakes I see as a coach when people are managing injury. The common mistakes I see as a coach when people are managing injury. The unfortunate part about this topic is that the prevailing wisdom and our instincts are generally completely wrong and backwards on this topic. So I'm going to talk about the nine things that I see where people screw this up that prevents you from being proactive about managing injury and often to an injury lingering longer than it should or getting to a point where you have to stop training completely. So don't want that to happen to you, but don't worry, you are not alone in making these mistakes. And I'm here to give you those nine things that you can do wrong. And I'll give you the other side of those and how you can practically manage these things better as those little issues and niggles pop up. So we'll get to that in just a second. First of all, a few intro notes. First of all, wanted to let you know that I'm going to be doing a and a episode, a listener Q&A episode in a couple of weeks with a podcast partner of mine that I think will be really interesting and fascinating. So if you have questions on training that you want us to address on the show, then please email me, chris at roguerunning.com, rogue spelled R-O-G-U-E, which is something people often get wrong. So, chris at com, shoot me a note with your question, and it might just make that episode coming up in a few weeks. Please get that to me by August 20th at the latest if you can. So, we have got that coming up. Also wanted to give a shout out to two partners that I have for this episode, working with my long-term partner, of. I'll be talking about them mid-episode, still using them for some of my monthly vitamin and supplementation needs. I've also got a new partner, which isn't really a new partner, but a brand that I'm now working with from an ad standpoint, Zencaster, that I've been using as a podcaster for a long time to do my mobile recordings. So as we intro here, I wanted to tell you quickly about Zencaster. That's Zencaster spelled Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. They're for podcasters and other content creators. Basically, Zencaster is a platform that allows you to do remote recordings and remote video in a way that is high quality and doesn't get disrupted when you have perhaps a faulty or slow internet connection got some whiz bang technology that goes on behind the scenes to make sure that the internet connections or issues you might have with audio over bandwidth don't get in the way of a high quality recording or a high quality video. So you can use them if you'd like, if you'd like to start with working with them on podcasting or your content creation needs. I've got a couple of ways to partner with Zencaster. One is if you want to use their service, you can go to zen.ai forward slash rogue30. That's zen.ze.n.ai forward slash rogue30 for 30% off your first three months with them if you're using their platform for recordings. Also, if you'd like to work with some of the the podcasts and or concrete content creators that use Zencaster as a platform, if you're a sports or running brand, then you can reach out, reach out to their ad platform, which I've used as a podcaster. And you can simply go to zen.ai forward slash running rogue to partner with Zen to get your message out on your brand through some of the podcast or content creators that use the Zencaster platform. So if you want to partner with them from that perspective, go to zen.ai forward slash running rogue to do that. So a couple of different ways you can work with Zencaster. I'll include those links in the show notes as well. But with that as our intro, let's jump in to our main topic. We're going to talk about running injuries and the common mistakes I see as a running coach when managing injuries. A couple of notes to start. One is that you're not alone in making these mistakes because they're common. I see them often. And most of the time, these mistakes fall in line with prevailing wisdom. And the unfortunate and challenging part about this space managing running-related injuries, which are typically soft tissue-related overuse type injuries, most of the time, there's just not good information out there to be found on these things. It's not codified well. It lives in the brains and in the practice of many great practitioners that live out there that are helping runners all over the place, but most of it isn't that well codified. So if you're making these mistakes, you're not alone. The other thing I wanted to mention here is that I think we often want to have this scenario where you have a perfect season, where everything goes right and you don't have to manage anything. But the reality is that type of season is extremely rare, extremely rare. I'm talking about a one in a thousand type of a season for someone is that perfect season where everything goes right and you don't have any little issues pop up. The reality is that if you're trying to train hard, if you're trying to push the limits, even if you're managing everything well and making all the right decisions along the way, like I talked about last week, you're still going to manage an issue that pops up during the cycle. It is a part of training, managing those little issues, those little niggles, as they pop up, that is a part of the process just like doing workouts and doing long runs is a part of the process. You need to first just wrap your head around that reality. This isn't something bad that's happening to you. This is just a part of the process. It's what happens when you're pushing the limits and trying to be your fastest ever self across these distances. So accept that, and then start to develop your skill set around managing those things so that you can address it proactively, those issues and little niggles that pop up before it becomes a full-blown injury that might take you out. And this is something that you're going to be constantly learning from that process of managing the issues, but I promise you some of these things I'm going to talk about today will help you avoid some of the pitfalls that many people make on this journey. So let's jump in. What are the nine things, the nine common mistakes that I see people make in this area? Number one. Number one is simply waiting too long to address the issues. Waiting too long to address the issues. And so what does that, what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, what it means is that most of the time with a, when a little issue or niggle pops up that's outside of the realm of that just traditional post run soreness that's when if that lingers for more than a run more than a couple of days that's when you want to start doing things right away to figure out what's going on now there's a couple of parts of this. First of all, you have to be able to recognize the difference between just general workout or long run soreness and an issue or niggle that intuition is developed with experience. And so the more you run and the more you go through training processes, the more you'll learn your body and you'll be able to say, Hey, that's not quite right. And I'm at a point again, 20 years into my running journey where if there's something not quite right, generally recognize it right away. But, For those that are learning, what you're going to want to start to identify is the difference between just that general soreness that you might feel that is traditionally going to be bilateral, meaning you're experiencing on both legs, both sides of your body, that general soreness that you might have after a long run or a workout. You want to just start noticing what that feels like and how it might dissipate over a couple of days, because that's the normal type of soreness that we're going to to face but then it's the, the little pains, the little issues. Oftentimes they're going to be unilateral or you're only feeling it on one side or in one area. Those are the ones that want you want to not necessarily panic about, that, but that you want to pique your interest and say, hmm, I wonder what's going on in that spot. Maybe I need to think about addressing it in some way. Could be a little tightness in your right calf that's out of the ordinary, or it could be something in your left hip that's just twinging a little bit more than normal, or it could be soreness that is beyond normal in one side of your body. And certainly these types of things can pop up bilaterally as well, but one of the ways that I think you can identify these little issues that need to be addressed is when you might be feeling something on one side that you're not feeling on the other and it's something out of the ordinary, therefore, for that spot. So develop your intuition there, and then be proactive about addressing those little things as soon as you feel it. Because what I see people often do is that little feeling pops up, they might even have intuition that something's not right, and then they just keep training as normal without doing anything to proactively address that, and then five or six runs down the road They're having to take time completely off because that thing has blown up from a little niggle to a full-blown injury that's now causing pain that isn't right that they need to fully back off on training from. So that's what we're trying to avoid. So when you have those little niggles that are outside of the ordinary, you want to ask yourself, what can I do to address that proactively? And it doesn't mean you have to be perfect about knowing how to deal with all of these things. It just means a couple of things. One, that you know how to tap into your available resources. If you have a coach like me, likely they've seen these things and have, even though they may not be medical practitioners, they have some intuition about how to proactively address a little thing that might might pop up. So they can be a resource for helping you identify a few things you might try to address that little issue. You can also tap into fellow runners who may have faced similar things, although I would say you want to tend to gravitate towards the more experienced among us who have been around the block a little bit and may know how to deal with these things a little bit more than that newer runner. And of course, you can reach out to providers that you might know. And we'll talk about that in a minute that can potentially help you identify what to do proactively to address that issue. And again, you don't necessarily have to know what's gonna fix it, but you do wanna try some things just to see if that helps. So if it's a little tightness here or there, perhaps do some additional foam rolling, perhaps adjust your quality a little bit so that you're not running as intensely for a couple of days to see if that helps dissipate the issue perhaps spend a little bit of time doing some mobility work around that area or some dedicated strength work that could potentially help the issue. Those are the types of things that you might do proactively in order to address the issue. And what the issue is is going to determine what, what which of those things you might, which leverage you might pull and which things you might try. But I would encourage you again to tap into those resources that you know might help you figure out what that is. And again, you don't have to know perfectly what's going to work. You just have to try some different things and use pain as your guide, especially in those early stages to knowing what might help. Obviously, if something hurts more when you try something, don't do that. Avoid pain as possible. But if something moves or the pain changes when you start to manipulate it in some way, that's usually a good sign that you're on to something. So don't wait to address these things. Be proactive in addressing it. And usually the smaller the issue and the sooner you get to it, the more quickly you'll be able to work through it. The other thing as a part of that I've found is that you'll start to identify patterns for your body that may allow you to be more precise with the things you do to address these issues. I know there's some common things, some common niggles that pop up in my world now, having done this for a long time that I know exactly what I need to do to address those things having learned from providers but also through my own trial and error through the years. So that's mistake number 1. Just don't wait too long to address it at the first sign a first sign of something being out of the ordinary beyond a couple of days or runs then Do something, try something to fix it. Second common mistake I see people make is relying on Dr. Google. Relying on Dr. Google when it comes to soft tissue and running-related injuries. There is nothing, okay, that may be an overstatement, but there is almost nothing on Google that's going to help you deal with running-related injuries has a coach who has Googled a lot of things medically, almost everything you'll find in that realm is wrong, is is completely wrong. So nothing you're gonna read typically on Google is gonna give you anything useful because all of the prevailing wisdom about these types of injuries is typically wrong. You're gonna see things about not just stopping running altogether, You're going to see things about plantar, where people might talk about plantar fasciitis, where people might talk about cortisone shots. Don't do that. There's a whole lot of things you're going to see that are just completely wrong. And it's interesting that these types of injuries, these typically soft tissue-related injuries, are so challenging, and yet there is very little information that's codified on how to deal with them in the right way. And most of it's that so-called codified is completely dead wrong. So just don't use Google as a resource when it comes to dealing with your running-related injuries. At best, it will give you wrong information that'll lead you astray. At worst, it'll tell you something that's counterproductive that may ultimately make it worse. So please, please do not rely on Dr. Google the unfortunate part here is that most of the good information, the accurate information on this type of of these types of injuries is just simply not codified, certainly not on the internet, but oftentimes not even anywhere in textbooks. Most of this stuff lives in the practice and in the brains of providers that are on the front lines who have been figuring this stuff out, working with real athletes through the years. And so it's so key to, to not use Dr. Google, but to find the right provider and make sure you're working with somebody that knows what, what, what they're doing. And we'll talk more about that in a second. So that's mistake. Number two is relying on Dr. Google. Don't use it. Don't even look at it. Don't even type in search anything because what you get won't be helpful. Number three. Number three mistake I see is people thinking that the pain point is where the problem is. Thinking where the pain point is where the problem is. And that is typically wrong. Now, obviously, in the case of acute injuries where you might have a fracture or a tear, that's often something that happens for some, some sort of acute pinpoint scenario that you feel in the moment. Outside of that, when we're talking about soft tissue, typically overuse related injuries, where you're feeling the pain is most often not the source of the problem, not the root cause. It's just simply the weak link in the chain that may have failed. So it's critical that you figure out where the real problem is. In the case of plantar fasciitis, for example, oftentimes the problem isn't where you're feeling the pain, which will be under the heel right where the plantar inserts into the heel. The source of that issue is most often above that in the kinetic chain, something with the calf, perhaps ankle, in terms of how that is moving and working which is then causing tension and pressure on that planter in a way that irritates it and makes it angry and causes pain. So the planter is the weak link in the chain. It is not the primary issue. So oftentimes when dealing with that specific example, you're doing things that actually don't even touch the planter at all, that are above that in the kinetic chain in order to deal with the issue. So people foam rolling the plantar, for example, is typically not advised. You typically want to do other things away from that. Sometimes that might mean the calf, the ankle, whatever it may be. Sometimes I have people come to me and say, I've got hip issues. As I've seen through pattern recognition, sometimes that means that there's some tightness somewhere else away from the hip that's pulling on that hip. So sometimes that can mean the quad, the glute, another area of their leg, and you're not feeling pain where that root cause is, you're simply feeling pain in the weak link in the chain. So you have to be willing and ready to find that root cause to experiment with interventions that are going to be away from the source of the pain to see if that can help. So for example, if you're having pain in one area of the leg, then what I advise often is to, as one thing to try, is to do foam rolling or self-massage in all parts of the leg around that area, but not directly on that area, and then see if you can find some other source of tightness that might be causing that that pinpoint pain in that one spot. Sometimes you'll also find that if you hit a tight spot that you'll have pain radiating back to that original pain point, which, was, which will tell you that'll be a sign that perhaps you're onto something that you may have found that root cause. So just remember that most often with these running related issues, again, outside of the acute injuries, outside of the fractures and the tears, then you're going to feel pain in places that are not necessarily the cause of the problem. And you've got to then work away from there to find that root cause so that you can start to address where you're having your pain. So just remember that where you're having your pain is not necessarily the source of your problem. That's number three. Number four, people just stop moving. They stop moving. They think, oh, I've got this issue and I'm just going to stop. And if I stop and full out, quote, rest, then it'll go away. Well, I can tell you again with soft tissue related injuries, movement is critical. Many times that means doing some running, perhaps modulating the intensity or the volume a little bit while you're working through the issue, but doing some running. And it definitely means doing some sort of proactive movement to try to work through the issue. Because there's a couple of things that typically happen here. One is You've got to create blood flow. You've got to create blood flow in order to promote healing. And if you're not moving, you're not healing. The other thing is that oftentimes with soft tissue-related injuries, part of the problem is some sort of tightness in the issue, in the area. And so for plantar fasciitis, for example, most of the time people feel the most pain in the morning when they wake up because they've been sleeping all night and that kinetic chain has tightened up When they wake up and they start to move, it's pulling even more on that plantar area and you have more pain in the morning. When people start moving, getting going for the day, then that pain dissipates a little bit because you've got mobility in that kinetic chain that's starting to loosen things up. And so you have to move in order to create blood flow, but also in order to keep things loose and mobile so that that healing process can happen. Because Without movement, soft tissue isn't going to heal on its own, typically. And that movement can include, again, massage, self-massage. It can include some sort of mobility. It could include some strength work. Tendinitis is a good example. If you have tendinitis in an area, that isn't going to go away by itself. Tendinitis typically goes away away by the appropriate strength-oriented rehab exercises that are going to help strengthen that tendon so that it can withstand the loads that you're giving it so rehab and recovery requires movement it requires active participation in some form in order to heal oftentimes that includes some running now most doctors that don't know will tell you to stop running and that will fix the issue but i can tell you as someone who's seen this time and time again most of the time when you simply stop running What will happen is that when you resume running again, that issue will come right back, sometimes even worse because you haven't been creating that movement which can help you heal. So you got to keep moving. Oftentimes that does include some running. A rule of thumb on the running is that if the pain is a three or less on a one to 10 scale and doesn't get worse as you go, then you should keep running. You should keep moving. Again, perhaps modulate the intensity and the the volume a little bit so that you're giving your body an opportunity to come down on intensity and heal, but you still want to do that movement, especially that easy movement, if the pain allows, so that you can create the blood flow that promotes healing. So keep moving. And this is where coaches can really help advise you on, should I go or should I not so keep moving in some form. Often that includes running if the pain levels are three or less and don't get worse as you go. And then find that other movement modality that you need, whether it be self-massage, strength, or mobility to help work through whatever issue might, you might be dealing with. Because typically one of those three things or more is going to be involved in your healing process. So keep moving. The worst thing you can do is stop moving. All right, we're going to pause there for a second before I get to number five and talk about my partnership with Care Of. I've been working with them for, man, I think about 18 months now. You can check them out at TakeCareOf.com. They're a vitamin supplement company that's going to send you individual packs of exactly what you need every month based on what you put in those packs that will give you the things you need to be a strong runner and to perform as you want. Personally, I started out my journey taking their vitamin D product because that's something that I've identified as a need and care of gave me the way to do it without having to think about it. It just shows up in those convenient individual packets, which by the way, are great for travel as well. I've used them on my recent trips, just pulling out the number of packs I need so I can throw them in my dop kit and have them there with me on the road so I can keep up with needs that i might have from a supplement standpoint so that was convenient that was great i highly recommend you go to their site take their quiz it'll ask you your goals and what you're trying to accomplish and then it'll give you recommendations plus you can add other things that you want it also tells you exactly what's in each of the items it'll tell you also the science behind them and how good that science is you can make decisions about what to include in those daily packs and then they just show up and you don't have to think about it one thing i like with the shipment is they send you a customized booklet that lays out exactly what you're getting and exactly what's in there so that you can kind of nerd out on it as somebody that's a little bit of a nerd that's what i do is i even having read it before i'll go back and read through it each time i get a shipment so go to their site take their quiz at takecareof.com you can use my code for 50% off your first care of order so go to takecareof.com use code rogue50 r o g u e 50 for 50% off and get those shipments coming to you so you have what you need to perform so go check it out all right let's jump back into my conversation about injuries number 4 was keep moving don't stop moving Getting number five, the next mistake I see is waiting too long to see some sort of medical provider that can help you. So you want to do this honestly as quickly as you can. I think some people, sometimes people think, well, it's, it's this little issue. It's too little to go see someone. But I promise you there is no issue too little to go see someone because prehab is way better than rehab. Prehab is way better than rehab because what happens when you let an issue linger is that then when you go to a provider later, then you're going to, it's going to require more to work through that. You're going to need more from that provider. You're going to perhaps need more visits to that physical therapist or to see that chiropractor or whatever you may need. So go see someone as quickly as you can. There is no issue too small. And I understand everybody has different health insurance situations and different financial situations related to this. But I promise you, you'd rather go see some quickly, get it done all in one visit and get it out of the way versus then having to have a bunch of visits down the road when it becomes a bigger issue. So be proactive about it. The other thing you can do, by the way, with that is if your insurance isn't covered or the provider isn't covered by your insurance, you can ask someone for their cash rate And then just be open and honest with them about your budget when it comes to this stuff so that they can help you in whatever way that they can to manage it within the context of your budget. I promise you it's worth it. If you're willing to spend $150, $200 sometimes on a marathon these days, then you should be willing to invest in staying healthy for that race as you go. But totally understand everybody has a little bit of a different situation there. So, That's mistake number five, is waiting to see a provider. Mistake number six is related, but it's seeing the wrong provider. Seeing the wrong provider. This is so common that I see is that people just go see any provider. That could be an orthopedic surgeon. That could be perhaps their primary care provider. But you want to find a provider, whether that be an MD, whether that be a DO, whether that be a physical therapist, a chiropractor who specifically deals with running related injuries and issues like you're facing. You've got to see an expert. And I would say an expert that comes highly recommended from the running community, from people that have dealt with these types of issues. Because again, the training in all of those areas and all of those specialties from a medical provider standpoint, isn't very good typically, when it comes to dealing with most of the issues that we face. It's just not the base training on it isn't good. So most of the time it takes finding someone who specializes in this, who has taken a special interest in learning the nuances of the types of injuries that we face, who then has the experience of dealing with it and the practical application to go with that interest and knowledge. It is just so critical. The other thing is that our medical system, at least in the U.S., does not typically address issues that we face in a a good way. Our system is set up to deal with acute injury or illness, and it's set up to deal with long-term health issues that are going to cost the overall system a a significant amount of money. It's not necessarily set up for us who are dealing with overuse type injuries or issues that might simply just be related to wanting to perform your best. That's just not how the system is set up. So you need to find a provider who knows what they're talking about, get recommendations from friends, call a running store and ask them who they work with, find somebody who is going to help you. And oftentimes that won't necessarily be a medical doctor. And that's okay. Again, medical doctors and their training is focused in different areas, in different ways. And so an orthopedic surgeon, for example, deals with athletes certainly, but most of the time they're dealing with surgery on athletes, which often involves, involves acute injuries related to fractures and tears and joint ligament type situations. They aren't necessarily prepared in their training to deal with the type of injuries that we face and their practices certainly aren't set up to help you deal with it because their economic incentives in the system are to do surgeries. So be very careful. Don't waste your time seeing a provider who doesn't come recommended in this space. And don't waste your money there either. Get a recommendation. See a provider, whether that be an MD, whether that be a physical therapist, whether that be a chiropractor or another provider that knows what they're doing, that works with this patient population that has experience with these issues so that you can get the best, most relevant help for you. And over time, you may need a medical team. Personally, I've got a chiropractor in town that I see. I've got a PT in town that I see. I've got an MD, an orthopedic surgeon who I trust in this space who I also periodically see if I need imaging or something like that. So I have a portfolio of providers that I can go to to get the answers I need that we're all very good that all understand our specific issues and that I trust to give me good information. And so I will seek out that information sometimes for more than one of them if I'm dealing with any particular issue. So find your medical team and do that by starting with getting recommendations from those people that know in the community. So critical. Don't waste your time because if you go to somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about, they're typically going to tell you to stop running. And they're typically not going to give you good information beyond that to help you actually proactively address the issue. So that's number six, seeing the wrong provider. Don't do that. See the right providers, get good recommendations. Number seven, mistake that I see is thinking that rehab is passive or short-term. Thinking that rehab, and really I should say prehab in this case, is passive or short-term. It's simply not. Typically, if you have an issue pop up, it's going to require a very active response from you. As I said, movement is critical, so you're going to have to do things outside of your running to help address that issue. It's a very proactive process, and there are certainly passive at things that you can do in that context, but for the most part, it's an active process. You have to do work to work through it. So commit to that, just like you would commit to your training and your workouts. The other thing is that people think it's short term, that you can do a few exercises recommended by a PT a couple of times, see that pain dissipate and go away, and then just stop doing them. That's not typically how it works either. Typically, once you get into this situation in a given cycle, there are going to be things that just become a part of your routine that help you stay ahead of this issue on an ongoing basis especially as you proceed through the tough parts of a training cycle. So don't just do things a few times or sporadically, but commit to it. Do it consistently. Stick with it even beyond the pain dissipating so that you can make sure that issue is gone. And then add it to your toolkit so that when you have that issue pop up again, you know exactly what to do. And over time, you may find that there's certain things that you just need to do all the time. I've talked about it before in this podcast, but I've got left ankle mobility issues, had a severe sprain on my left ankle in high school and playing basketball, and it was never properly treated. It has caused some permanent challenges with mobility in my left ankle that have related running-related injuries that pop up for me if I don't manage that. So, Working my, on my left ankle mobility is an ongoing process for me. It never stops. So that may become the reality for you at some point is that there's a handful of things that you just have to do to make sure that you can keep those issues at bay. So just recognize that. Rehab is not passive. It is an active process, and it is not typically a short-term thing where you can do a couple of things for a couple of days and move on. You're going to have to stay on top of it to keep those issues at bay so that's number seven is thinking that rehab is passive or somehow short term number eight number eight mistake i see people make is not addressing the root cause not addressing the root cause i alluded to this earlier that typically the source of the pain is not where the problem is that's certainly true but you have to make sure that you find that root cause and this is where it becomes really important to find providers that are focused on that part of the process because if you're having an issue typically popped up for a reason and sometimes it's a training intensity related reason where perhaps you increased intensity speed too quickly or you added volume too quickly sometimes that can be it but sometimes it's something intrinsic to you that you're going to have to proactively address as i mentioned for me, left ankle mobility is a problem. That is a root cause for many running injuries I've had through the years in different areas. The heel stress fracture I've had, stress, the, the shin splints I've had on that side, some issues I've had of actually with my right hip go back to my left ankle ankle mobility and compensating with the other side. So that is a root cause for many running-related injuries that I've dealt with. And so it's the thing that I have to constantly address. But you want to make sure you're staying ahead of that. I talked to a runner in my community yesterday actually that's dealing with a stress fracture in a certain part of her body. And one of the things I emphasize with her is really doing a root cause analysis on why that stress fracture happened. In the case of stress fractures, it can happen for a lot of reasons. It can happen because of ramping up intensity or volume too quickly or too much. It can happen because of some issue with nutrition, or perhaps the micronutrients that you have in your body. Part of my stress fracture issues in the past have been due to vitamin D deficiency. So that can be involved. It can happen because you have some biomechanical issue. Again, part of my stress fracture also related to a biomechanical issue. And it could be multiple things that might be happening. It could be bone density. It could be a lot of different things. And so you have to think through what are all the things that might've led up to this so that you can then make sure that doesn't happen again so if that's a training adjustment that you need to make ramping more slowly or being careful about the quality or being careful about the volume at certain levels or if that's an adjustment you need to make in your physical therapy or your rehab or your ongoing supplemental activities That's something that you want to identify and make so that that injury doesn't pop up because it will become something that you're constantly dealing with if you don't understand why it happened in the first place. So identify the root cause, work to address that root cause so that it doesn't come back again. It's not a guarantee that it won't, but at least that'll give you some power and control over it so that you can minimize the likelihood of it happening again. So get to the root cause. That's number eight. All right, number nine. Number nine is, again, the common mistake I see people make is wondering when they'll have that issue-free training cycle. (laughs) Wondering when they'll have that issue-free training cycle. And I alluded to this earlier. It may happen for you. But more likely than not, it won't. And in fact, I could say, I don't think it's ever happened to me where I've had a completely issue-free training cycle. Just, it's just not the way it works. Little niggles popping up when you're trying to press the edge are, are just common. And the key is being proactive about it, recognizing it's a part of the process, and addressing it in a way that prevents it becoming a full-blown injury. And that's just the way you have to work, avoiding all of these mistakes I've already mentioned. So just recognize that. There's no such thing... As a perfect cycle, there's probably no such thing or almost no such thing as an injury or niggle free cycle. And so you just have to recognize that it's part of the process. Don't hope that magically that's somehow going to happen. Instead, face reality, realize that managing issues and little niggles is a part of the process, and then stay ahead of it. Because when you stay ahead of it, you're able to make sure that it doesn't interrupt your training. But you're always going to be managing something, just like you're not going to have a perfect training cycle in terms of getting every single mile in, and you're not going to have a perfect training cycle in terms of having every workout go perfectly. And you're not going to have a training cycle where there isn't an issue or a niggle. It's just a part of the deal. And develop that skill set that you have In addressing those things as they crop up so that it doesn't take you out so avoid all of these issues all nine of them and you're on your way to taking steps towards staying ahead of it so there you go those are the nine most common mistakes that i see in running quickly recapping them waiting too long to address the issue don't do that don't consult dr google Don't think that the source of the pain is the problem. Know that likely it's coming from somewhere else. Don't stop moving. Don't wait to see a provider get to someone as soon as you can. Don't see the wrong provider and waste your time and money. Don't think rehab is passive or short-term. Don't forget to address the root cause of the issue so that you can hopefully minimize it from coming back and don't hope for a perfect cycle. doesn't exist. Realize that this is a part of the process. Managing injuries when you're trying to push your limits is just a part of it. Flex your muscle and get used to doing it, and you'll get better with it over time. So there you go. That's episode 285. Thanks to everybody for listening. I'll include the offer codes from the episode in the show notes, so check those out from ZenCaster and from Care of, if you're interested. And of course you can check us out at roguerunning.com or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Rogue Running until next time. We'll talk to you soon.